What's up, guys? Before we begin this podcast, I want to let you know that we have a Patreon out. Bonus episodes each week, classic Chad and JT episodes. We get down and dirty, and I know you guys are going to love it. Check it out at patreon.com slash chadgoesdeep. We also have tour dates coming up. We're going on tour. We're leaving California. What up, uh, Detroit, Michigan area, Texas, Washington, D.C.? We're coming for you, and we got more dates coming. Check out ticket links at chadandjdt.com. We're also brought to you by the legends at Manscaped. Manscaped. Thank you so much for keeping our trims pubed, for looking after our hogs, for making sure that our dinks are looking fresh and clean because Manscaped is the best and they're supporting the Testicular Cancer Society and they're here to remind you to check your boys while offering precision engineered tools for your two testes. So we have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code GODEEP to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. We're all- Wax my ass and let's call the cantina. What's up, Stokers of Stoke Nation? This is Chad Kroger coming in with the Going Deep with Chad JT podcast. I'm here with my compadre, Jean Thomas. What up? Boom clap, Stokers. And we're here Whoa. with our guest, uh, stand-up comic actor, Harlan Williams. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, broches? Brosefiosh and Brosef. Oh, dude, nice to meet you. Dude, you brought... Actually, they're over there, but you brought some donuts. Dude, aren't you gonna give him some airtime, bro? I, I honestly, I might go get him. I, I mean, think we. I mean, they're in the other room. Yeah, you gotta take a take. We're doing one of these. I'm I'm gonna officially do one of these. You calling time? I'm calling time. We don't have to shut the cameras off, but I think we gotta call time for the donuts, bro. Yeah, we're in a different energy now. We're waiting for the donuts yeah, to come the back. Donut, not we... donuts. Donuts. Oh my bad, my be. And not just donuts, but what size are the donuts, bro? Dude, they're jumbo. <laughs> yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. They're jumbo, bro. Strawberry glazed. I think. I think honestly, this is the first gift we've gotten yeah. from the get. Or no, we've probably gotten. Well, gifts to before. be honest, it's not know. a gift. That the, I wanted you to see them, but I'm gonna be taking them with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm just gonna hand over my jumbo donuts. Like, so what was the point of bringing them then? Just to you know show you that I have donuts and you don't. It, it's mean, but it's it's a, it's an icebreaker. It's a huge flex to start Power. off. It's a flex. Power it's move. a it's a power flex. It's what I call a uh, teriyaki power slam. You ever seen one of these? Now, no, what have. is that? It's called a teriyaki power slam, and you can get it by uh, flexing donuts at some some players, or you can get it uh, by uh, rumbling around. And I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but tumbled around in the back of a gray van with priests. Have you guys ever rolled around, like, just tumbled? Nah, have you done that before? Are you wrestling, or what? what is... Did we call it tumbling? It's like, you ever see Gymnastics. your dryer? You ever watch your dryer, and the clothes just flip all over each other and stick? And, is and, that... and why priests? They're fun. They're, they're fun. They're, they wear those black uh, capes, so there's, you don't stick. And it's there's... funny to watch them flop in that? It's fun to watch them flop. It's like, it's like imagine you had a bowl of... Um, What's this? A wonton soup, and you stir it, but then you dropped in some Kleenex, and it's like, what's the wonton and what's the what's the snot rag, right, guy? Right. I thought you were gonna say, what if you dropped a priest into the wonton? Oh, Brosephion. Come on, dog. What are we talking about? By the way, can 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 you hold those up one more time? Because we got 
The word jumbo, and this is why I love these so much. What else do you get the word jumbo with? I think there's one other food item. You know what uh, it is. Hot dog? Oh, boy, that's, yeah, I wasn't thinking that. What were you thinking? Shrimp. That's more obvious than the better pick. No, jumbo dog is great, bro. Thanks. Holy God, yeah. you you, uh, you jumboed me, bro. I jumboed you? I thought there was only one jumbo, like jumbo shrimp, and then you dogged me. Whoa, Baby, dude. I had to say something. Wow, bro. <laughs> I, mean, I was under the gun. Prosephius is on fucking dude. line four for Prosephius. <laughs> yeah, don't leave me on dude. hold, dude. dude I know I that name, Get on the dude. phone, dude. Let's no, dude. chat. You're on a rotary Prosephius <laughs> line right now, guy. Wow, man. Keep winging that thing. And what else is it? it says one other thing on there, and I know you love this word. It starts with G. It's one of his favorite words. He throws it up at me all the time. Glazed? Glazed, bro. He's a glazed guy for sure. I have a glazed look. People have told yeah. me that before. I call it glazed focus. Yeah, your eyes are a bit glazed. Mm-hmm. Like Pet Cemetery, like glazed. We were talking about Pet Cemetery <laughs> yeah. earlier because yeah. in a tragic accident that you talked about yeah. on the Santino podcast, your dad died. My dad died. He was hit by an elk. <laughs> uh, I wasn't a person flying through. It was a person flying through the air. It had with, a helmet with on with animal. elk horns. Yeah. And I guess he was part of the... Have you ever heard of the Elks Club? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elks it Lodge. It must have been the Grand Taboo or whatever the leader is. Wow. What's the leader of the Elks Club? The elk. Grand Wizard? Oh, no, it's the Ku Klux no. Klan, my bad. That's oh. the, yeah. Um, the, grand, the Head Moose? The Head Moose, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, there's an Elks Lodge in Newport that I frequent. Are you re- yeah. cereal? Dude, super cereal. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I met the moose there a couple times. The He's Grand Moose. Yeah, Larry. Right, right. So, so Larry, yeah, Larry, and uh, so the old man took some <laughs> antlers right through the sternum, and uh, and what happened is I wasn't ready, and I don't mean to be incensed. Are your are your folks still with us, you guys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yours aren't. My dad, yeah. He's gone? Yeah. And you might like this story. But cool, okay. I wasn't ready for my old man to go. Like, I was like, I still needed to play some catch. I still needed to hear stories. I didn't know how my dad lost his virginity. I hadn't heard that story yet. And I wasn't ready for the old man to go. And luckily, in my neighborhood, we have, we have cemeteries. But luckily, we have a pet cemetery. And uh, so late at night, around 2 a.m., uh, I dragged his body up there and buried him on sacred land. And uh, just four days, which is almost as fast as a, a big object from Amazon. Right. Four days he came back uh, out of the pet cemetery. Smelled like a dewworm. Smelled like earth. But God, to have him back. But going back to you, his eyes were glazed over, sort of a grayish. Uh, you ever seen a gray whale? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that that tone of gray. Has he been able to shake off the smell or the look? Can't, can't. Once you once you're up in the pet cemetery, man, it uh, it's kind of just it's 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 like wearing. Uh, you ever wear J Lo her perfume? Mm-hmm. Like you can't get it out. So how did he lose his virginity? Did you get? Did you ask I, him I haven't. I haven't had that chance yet to talk to him. What are you doing, not asking him when he's back from the dead? I he's mean, back. He's back fresh though. He's only been back uh, about uh, what is it, three and a half weeks. Oh, so you want wow. him to get his like faculties back? Want him to give him a chance? Like he's he's right now. I got him uh, down in the basement with a Rubik's cube, and uh, he's trying to sharpen his mind. 
just trying to get him back, bring him back from, you know. What Does he talk about what life was like down in pet heaven? He doesn't. He, he's not really using words yet. Yeah. He's sort of mumbling a bit, but. Did you give him a donut? No, bro. That might, that might flip the switch. Dude, donuts. They rule. <laughs> what do you feed him now? <laughs> well, he loves gourds. Have you ever seen a gourd? No. So they look like pumpkins, but they got warts on them, and they they look they're the sex toys of the vegetable world. They look oh, like oh, dude, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. That they're, they're like kind of, they look like a butt plug with with uh, herpes, right? With with warts. Yeah. yeah, they got the big warts, but people don't realize they're edible, and uh, so the old man uh, he loves them gourds, and he'll eat them raw, like sort of like a moose, yeah. Probably, if a moose could wander into a gourd field, fuck yeah. Did he request the gourd, or you just kind of? No, when you're uh, when you're the uh, living dead, you don't get to make up a menu. You know, you get what uh, the living put in front of you. So, did he ring your doorbell and he's like, "I'm back"? He did. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh shit, dude. Yeah. What'd you say? Uh, I just I I said, "Welcome home, daddy," and I hugged him. <laughs> and uh, God, did he stink? His hair, his hair smelt like. Imagine digging up Charlie Chaplin, Marilyn Monroe, and who else? Who's one of your favorite dead celebs? Um, uh, Selena. Not falling for that trap, bro. Sefiosh. nice try, guy. That's what you call clickbaiting, right there. Tried to slide in. Uh huh. How'd Not you get touching the, it. How'd Not you know I was doing that? I could tell. Selena. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, bro. Not even to moveon.org. Not touching it. Can, can I apologize for trying to bait you into that? No, no. It's, uh, dude, I That's like the job. It's clever. It's, it's a challenge. You did it, but, but it's got me on my game now. Yeah, now you know you got to bring it. I got to bring it. I got to bring it because you flexed up with the Selenes. Okay, yeah. so uh, Jean Benet Ramsey would be another one. Don't know who that is, bro. Did I say that? Hard to be your favorite celebrity. (laughs) She was only famous for dying. (laughs) Oh wow! Who? Jean Jean Benet. Who is that? Six-year-old child. The girl that uh, they think her parents whacked her. Never heard of her. Colorado. Never heard of her. Do you pay attention to the news? Not uh, child murder. Good call. (laughs) That's good. Don't know. Well, you're the only one, dude. You're on an island there. Uh-huh, that's right. And I'm enjoying the tanning butter. So, uh, <laughs> nice try, clickbait number two. Did Nato El Worco. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. Stay tuned. Strawberry glaze me, bro, Sefiosh. <laughs> Strawberry glaze me. Do you have a lot? Do you, do you like bro culture? Bro, Sefiosh? <laughs> Beyond bro. I'm into Brosefia. I took the bro bus right past Bro Town and I got off in Brosefiashville, bro. Wow. Yeah, that's for the real. Yeah, come on. The real deal. I feel like he dressed for this podcast. Really? Well, I think we're kind of dressed similarly. I didn't really dress for it, but I just, I feel like, you know, I feel like uh, you surf and, and. You got the vans on. I really I got vans. That. Yeah. Are you wearing socks? I'm not wearing socks. Nice. I don't. I don't usually either because I'm wearing these. I'm wearing socks, but usually, I I wear no shows actually. I'm, you wear what? I wear no show socks. What's that? Oh, the little. It's see, like, you're you're not. Oh man, I shouldn't even say it. He's your friend, right? Yeah, really good buddies. I uh, call those girl socks. 
And I'm yeah. not, I'm not, dude, I'm not lacing you up. I'm not power slamming you, but. Uh, well, it feels like uh, the, whatever, the maple slam you're talking about. One of these. <laughs> the teriyaki power oh, slam. Oh, the teriyaki yeah. power slam, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, probably a bit of that. But I always, the thing is those little socks that expose your ankles, and I'm not, I'm not running up on you and doing a Rambo. But I just, they feel like girl socks to me. Is it what's wrong with girl socks? Well, they're great for girls. But don't you think when, when the sock a stops man. at the ankle for a man. A man wears his socks above a certain Right, line. guy? I don't know. I don't know. Well, why? I don't want to insult. So these are no good? But it, No, see, the, you might as well be in your black leather miniskirt street walking on oh, uh, that La Cienega. I mean, and bent over an S-Bahn uh, inkjet printer, bro. <laughs> Come on in, boys. Uncle Chunky's home for dinner. Who's that talking? I don't know. I don't know. So anyways, no, well, no insult. But it's like you, you can't wear black socks to a barbecue. Like a guy. Is that a rule? Well, if you ever been to a barbecue and there's always a dude with like sh- br- blue Bermuda shorts and then mm-hmm. black socks. Right. Off-putting. And you, yeah. yeah. Like. I never, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess that is the feeling I've felt, but I've never really been able to articulate it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you immediately lose your appetite, right? Right. No matter what they're grilling up. You see some 40-year-old, 50-year-old dude with black socks and you're like, No out that's huge that's huge mega you're an arby's guy yeah oh man you love the horsey sauce i love the horsey sauce and uh i love it that they've got the meats um it's just you know where do you go these days for a roast beef right because a roast beef is is it's it's like a it's the size of a hornet's nest a good hornet's nest or a you know uh a a fi- fi- fibroid, is it called? Have you heard of a fibroid? No. no. Women get them in their ovaries. They're like big fat clump. <laughs> Sorry. They're what? Fat clumps? They're, they're like clumps of fat fi- fibroids. And, and women... You, you, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, women get them in their in their ovaries. They cl- I knew a girl that had 23 taken out. And it reminded oh you gosh. of roast beef? Well, I, it, I'm just saying a roast beef is a, like a big globular... It's oh, like right. a big juicy fibroid. It's a mass. Right, it's a mass. It's like if a whale had a leukemia tumor, that would probably be what it would look like. Have you, have you ever... And this is appetizing to you. No, but what I'm saying is that... it. it what I'm saying is... It's hard to find a big clump of meat just hanging around, right? But if you go to Arby's, they got the clumps of meat, which should be their real slogan. Arby's, we got the clumps of meat. Or even better, Arby's, we got the whale leukemia beef. So we got the fibroids of deliciousness. We, we, we'll put your fibroid in a bun, bro, Safiosh. Just put some horsey sauce on oh, your fibroid. <laughs> horsey sauce on your fibroid or whatever it is. But anyways, it's tough to get a slab of meat that big, and they cut it up for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I love it, man. No no dish in the Arby's. It sounds delish. Yeah. I can't get over the inkjet thing with the black miniskirt. Yeah, right? Over the top of it. How'd you meet your girlfriend? 
Well, before I get into that, because you, you seem a little taken aback by that, and you got to remember, bro, Safiash, is that we live in a technical, a techno world now. So when you were coming up, how old were you when you lost your VV? Uh, 17. 17, and whoa, bro. 24. 24? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you were sort of just emerging into the tech world at that point. Uh, yeah, by the time I lost my virginity, I'm 34 now. Yeah. Cell phones and social media were okay. ubiquitous. Okay, I don't know what that word is, but it sounds delicious. Social media? No, ubiquitous. Oh, it means... Uh, is that a, that's not a candy you buy at the movie theater? Those are milk duds. <laughs> oh, bros. <laughs> I was like, I was ready to go to see like a movie after this. Yeah, all does, the popcorn and like uh, a, some ubiquitous. It does sound like a Christian Bale action movie where it's like, oh, yeah. ubiquitous. ubiquitous. He's everywhere at once. There's 6,000 clones of him and they're all trying to kill each other. He's ubiquitous. Yeah. Um, but but what I was saying about it with, with tech now, with most kids are losing their virginity through technology like oh. Oh, through a screen through dating apps and whatever right, but right. but the dating app is just the beginning of the technology what they do is and all the kids watching already know this i'm not telling them anything out of school but they meet through technology they chat through technology and then most kids losing their virginity nowadays it used to be you do it in a car or behind a, you know a denny's or something now Kids want to be bent over a uh, an S-Bahn uh, photocopier. Mm. They want to be just bent right over and uh, teriyaki power slammed from behind. Whoa. Yeah. When you're hitting that teriyaki power slam, yeah. what, where's that being applied? Well, that's if someone's... Picture someone standing and now bent over a, an inkjet, laser jet photocopier. And it could be in an alleyway. Could be, where would you want it to be? Where's your perfect spot to lose your joy joy? To be bent over. Uh, yeah, where would you like to be bent over an S-bomb, brosh? Uh, very curious. Dude, I think a norms. Behind no a norm. way. Yeah. Behind the norms. Yeah. Oh, like th that's a 24-hour diner. Yeah, because they've got, I mean, you can, 24-hour oh. diner and they've got deals. I mean, you can get like a full Thanksgiving dinner for eight ninety nine. Bro, imagine losing your virginity to the smell of bacon just in the air. That's nice. Ah, now I, okay. All yeah. the senses are like electrified. Yeah. Oh, everything's better with bacon, brosh. Dude. 100. What, where would you want to get bent over a, a laser drink, drink uh, laser ink printer? Behind like a Pilates studio. Wow. Perfect. Yeah, because you got to be flexed, right? I'll be loose. I'll be limber be open what about you i would probably like to do it behind have you seen this place madame tussauds wax museum yeah mm -hmm. because uh what i'd like to do is what way you're laughing no i just uh i'm just tickled by the yeah, thought of losing your virginity well, what I Hollywood do, Boulevard. No, but keep going. some people in the afterglow like to lay in bed and light a cigarette, right? Mm -hmm. After they've had sex. I don't no, I'm not trying to be too graphic. Yeah. But what's beautiful about having sex behind a wax museum is 
you don't have to settle for a cigarette. What I did when I lost mine, I went in and lit a fire in the wax museum. And what's mm. a wax figure's worst enemy? Fire. fire. So what I did is I melted Pope uh, John Paul, Olivia Newton-John, and Elton John into one blob. And I had Pope Olivia Newton, Elton John, and uh, that was my afterglow. You, and did you plow the no wax? i just just laid there and sniffed the reek of the john the johns it was just like you know, just the johns the john stink why'd like you go three, after them because it's three johns it's like <laughs> olivia newton john pope john paul and elton john and if they had that beatles freak who's that the guy lennon john lennon if he was there i would have got him too that bespectacled what is it called when you have glasses? I think Respect- that's right. Yeah. Respectabled. Wow. Did he wear? Gla- oh, later he wore. Were those? He didn't wear glasses when he was in the Beatles, right? I don't know. That was like a Yoko thing. She brought him into the glasses phase. Oh, she did. I don't know. I'm guessing. I don't. I don't. But know. you know what? I do know. One hundred percent. What? She brought the glasses in. Yoko did. Mm-hmm. Into John's life. Right. So it wasn't an optometrist. No. It was a nutty Japanese girl with crazy hair who likes to scream. <laughs> that was one of the most succinct summaries of Yoko I've ever heard. Don't you love a good summary? Especially this close to summer. They're so summery. I find when you do a summary in summer, they're really summery. Mm. Like the, the imagery? There's beaches and sun and... Just, just a, yeah, it's summery. Like, if you do a summery in the spring, it still feels springy. But if you do a summery the way you did in summer, it's just so summery all around. Wow. Were you ever in a jam band or anything like that? A what now, hey? A jam band? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have a band. I have a band. Uh, it's called The Cousins. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know about it. Yeah, my wife interviewed your cousin. She did? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did? Yeah, yeah. She mentioned that we knew each other, yeah. Yeah, we have a band uh, called The Cousins. And uh, I don't know if that is, that... is that a jam band? I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what jam band... I just meant, do you have a band? Oh, yeah, we have a band. Yeah. What do you play? Uh, we hardly ever play, but we have a couple albums out. I do? Yeah, we have the cousins, the love song years, mm-hmm. and we have the cousins, rattlesnake love, and they're oh, on nice. Apple, uh, I, they're on Apple iTunes or whatever it is. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. provocative. Rattlesnake love. Rattlesnake yeah. love. Yeah, because they got to have sex very carefully. They got to be <clears throat> yeah. wary of one another. Yeah, it's uh, when you got poison fangs, brosh. It's uh, it ain't uh, it ain't like uh, plowing a buck tooth fatty behind a uh, Denny's. <laughs> Oh, well, that's a Tiger Woods story. Yeah. The Tiger Woods story. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude, there was a brown widow in my garage. A brown widow? A brown, I didn't know that was a thing. They're, they're brown widows. Wow. Like and a I, spider. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of spiders where I live. And I was like taking a video of it. And I was like, oh, look at this spider. And it's a brown. I didn't know brown widows exist, but they're in Are you California. sure it wasn't a brown recluse? Wasn't a brown recluse, no. So it was a brown widow. Brown widows are a thing, yeah. You know, it's interesting because when you think of a black bear, how, when you see a black, what do you think of when you see a black bear? Uh, Yoki? Yeah, the smoky 
No, no. Like, like if you saw Black Bear, what would you describe what you'd see? Uh, a big animal that has the potential to kill me. And what color is it? Black. Right. But here's where your thing comes in, Brosh. The, there, there's black bears that have brown fur. So the black widow, uh, there could have been a brown one. I believe you is what I'm saying. Oh, thanks. And with black bears, you're supposed to stay still and play dead. When with brown bears, you're supposed to run. I know there's a, there's a reverse like instruction for how to survive. I think, well, with black bears, there's, there's no rules in nature. See, with black bears, I've run into some black bears in my day, and I've found the best thing is to make noise. They're very, they're very jittery, black bears. What kind of noise? Just yelling, banging a pot. Do you carry a pot around at all with you? I, I could. Might be uh, smart. Do you? Uh, I have. I live in West Hollywood. Yeah, okay. Well, you probably carry at least pot around with you. Smoke weed? Yeah. For sure. Okay. So that could work too. If you inhaled loud enough, you'd be like, and a bear would just, you know, V-gate for the uh, jet steak or whatever, however you say it. No, I feel you. Right? That's where I'm trying to get him. Yeah. Get yeah. out of my realm and move along, partner. <laughs> Donny Osmond on your fucking flapjack, bro. Yeah, extra syrup. <laughs> what, what 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 happened with the spider, Brosh? Yeah, I killed it. Whoa. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Whoa. Here, I, I don't like killing spiders. And yeah. so I let it go at first. Then my buddy's like, that's brown widow. You gotta you gotta you gotta stomp its ass. And so I had I had a cane lying around because I went to this party and I uh stomped it with the cane. Wait stomped it with a cane yeah i just squished it how what was the circumference of the cane though it's about about yay big so you to stomp it i feel like you'd have to be right over it and butter churn it almost yeah dude well here's what i did i i i got the i got the web because i I would like come near and you know it'd start crawling away oh it was in the web it was in the web so i got the web and i like 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 gathered up the web yeah and it started to bunch up and I just crunched her. Oh, I felt uh, bad about it afterwards. I, I I don't like killing it. You know, I, yeah. I, I I don't like doing that. Yeah. One time my dad, I killed a spider in front of my dad and he was like, don't do that. And so that kind of stuck with me. It's a nice and, lesson well, for then, him to impart. Yeah. It didn't really stick with him though, did it? No. Because what did you do to the brown? <laughs> stomped its ass. Sounds like a big fuck you to your dad, if you ask this me. This is probably the first he's hearing of it, too. He's yeah. an avid listener. I hope your dad's not watching, because that's, uh, that's what I call child disappointment. Well, he, well, he's, yeah. I don't know. He's been hanging out with some priests lately. Whoa, bro. Get me to the Glendale Galleria, bro. Yeah. Not a better spot in town. Well, it's, right? been, hard to, it's been hard to get a hold of him, because... According to my stepmom, he's just hanging out in vans with priests. Whoa, bro. Yeah. Have, you, have you been to the Glendale Galleria? It's amazing. Right? Uh, it's I used incredible. to work there. The Where'd you work? You, you know the food court? Mm-hmm. They got the Orange Julius. Mm-hmm. It's like a giant orange. I worked in uh, in that thing for about four years. Inside of it? In the orange, yeah. What were you doing in there? I served Orange Julius, Rosh. That makes sense. I mean, how exciting. You know, most people wake up, what? 
nine in the morning, go to work, go to an office building, go to the shop, go to the garage, go to Home Depot. Not this dude. I got to go uh, work inside of a giant citrus. <laughs> Why'd you end up leaving? I uh, if you like the job so much, it's a it's a it's a it's a tough thing to talk about. But I got uh, headhunted by uh, a new company that that uh, didn't really last, but it was uh, Pomegranate Pilot. And uh, it, have you heard of Pontius Pilot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they took a shot at uh, Orange Julius, um, and uh, it didn't work out. But for about four uh, four weeks, I was working in a giant pomegranate. Yeah, didn't feel the same, huh? Didn't feel the same. And uh, I think they I actually got fired. I was uh, loading everything up one day, and I I dropped everything. The pomegranates, every you know the little seeds, and I. I said, they said, you're fired. I go, what the hell am I fired for? They said, you spilled your seed. And uh, so I, uh, they let me go. I mean, you could, you could say that working there maybe was bittersweet. Don't think I'm going to say it. You wrestled with saying it, though, which is nice. No, no, I think I was mind blocking it. Might have even been mind fucking it just to shut the whore down, shut her down deep, put her on the bus to fuck off town and let her ride all the way to the end. What's at the end? Fuck off. (laughs) Did you pay for her ticket? Bro, if you want to put your arm around me, put it around me, but don't do it halfway. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I'm opening up to you. I know, but if you're gonna put it around me, put it around me. Don't you know? I don't think I can stay on mic and fully get around you. But I don't know that I. W- okay, here we go. Is, did you really want that? I, or was well, it more of I like was a just challenge? trying to call you out on your sneaky uh, homoerotic aggressions. I, it's homoerotic, but it's not aggressive. Well, an arm around my I'm big back on, on touch. A mustard yellow uh, couch from Ikea is a little aggressive to me, <laughs> flamethrower Johnny. <laughs> I just like to be open and touch. I like to touch. Is it, Okay. You give, touch, it a, give it a touch. Do you touch your fellers? I felt nice. Closer to you than I was two seconds ago. Whoa. Whoa, now we're partying. Wow. How'd that feel? Nothing I haven't felt from a priest. You were molested. No. <laughs> no he tumbles. So tumble, oh, the tumble. Bro. My He's bad. My bad. Bro, I was projecting. I was projecting. Bro. We Let's... had a priest, Father Pat, in my junior high, and he used to touch me, but not like under things, but over things, and he would touch me. And I asked my parents, I was like, hey, it's weird, right? They're like, no, he just loves you. And they kind of just gave him the green light. He may have been trying to tumble now that you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, he, he wrestled me one time, too. He put a beating on me. Seventh grade. Wait, where did he touch you, Brosh? My butt, my back. <laughs> Basically that area. Do you want to tell him or should I, bro, Sepiosh? Do you do the honors? Bro, bro you... <laughs> I was trying to come up with one. Broland Williams. Broland with... Bro, you've been... Uh, you've been molested, guy. A little bit. I, I don't think I've earned that distinction, but I got, I got fondled. Probably even a worse word. You think so? <laughs> yeah. I'd probably rather get molested than fondled. What about you, bro, Cephiesh? 
I I thought you kind of fondled JT's tit there earlier. Is that fondled? No, this that was a pat. That was like a. That was like a. Oh, okay. I put a flex yeah, on that one. Did you feel, I felt that. Did man. you feel the muscle come yeah, in? Yeah, you Raquel welched me real nice, Brosh. Is that is that the gal from like? Whoa! Don't Bond? even say it. Don't even. Don't even say wall. <laughs> plexiglass covid wall dude why do you keep knocking me down when i try to bait oh, you oh you can't look i'm on to it guy give us that red meat i'm trying to make clips out of this stuff you can't bait a fisherman where'd you learn that <laughs> just now you <laughs> fucking <laughs> hand creeping freak <laughs> you're the freak dude you're the fucking creep of the week, dude. I know. I touched I you once and you went ham I, I, all over I, I my body. Three. I did about four. You yeah. were looking for it. I've been looking to creep on someone and uh, you might have figured out by now the Jumbo Donettes were uh, just a little loose. The sugar on the pill, yeah. 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 <laughs> Get us loose and feeling safe before you put it on us on camera, no less. Holy squid! Bay, but this is bro. a safe place. You this can, is a safe place. You can fondle like... here. You can touch. You can let your demons out, and we don't wow. even call them demons. We just call it being you. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody's got got their demons. I think everybody's probably been fondled. I I think everyone's been you know had their boundaries. Yeah, kind of fucked with in a way that they probably weren't able to speak on in the moment. Yeah. Were you ever fondled? And if there's a place to be fondled, do you have an ideal place? We're really going to go there, huh? Okay, okay. Yeah, the answer is yes. Um, boy, oh boy. I, uh, tough to talk about, but uh, when I was five, my... Uh, parents dressed me up for halloween as an apple and on the way to trick-or-treating we went over to the local grocery store my dad was a cruel guy and uh, he took me into the area of the grocery store where they have the fruits and vegetables and i wasn't a big kid and my dad threw me on the you know they got this pile they got the pile of apples Mm-hmm. and uh i was laying up there for about an hour before trick-or-treat started and uh i gotta say probably about 12 to 13 maybe 18 old ladies uh fondled me real nice just a bit you know the way that you know the way they pick up the apples and right they're testing you out they were seeing if you were right oh yeah some of them sniffed me one of the old bats Bit me, the fucking old creep. Dirty old creep. Psoriasis dripping from every pore. Oh. Varicose veins like somebody threw a plate of spaghetti on her fucking face. What Just, was your dad doing the whole time? Well, he was out in the truck. He was waiting in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unbelievable, my old man. Yeah. And, he, and he told you, don't speak when people are touching you. Just no. let, let happen what he happens. He said, it's all part of the Halloween magic. Remember remember in uh, Charlie Brown when they waited for the great pumpkin? Mm-hmm. So my dad said, just wait on the apples. And I said, what am I waiting for, daddy? And he said, you'll feel it. <laughs> you'll feel it, son. Just lay there, so, you little fuck. <laughs> so wow. you didn't say like... Yeah. To the old lady and say, like, hey, I'm not an apple, I'm a little boy. 
Well, uh, it was, I think it was Lady 13. I was spread eagle. My stem was facing south. And I was spread eagle. And she she gave me one of these. And I, I let go one of the most savage fucking lasagna farts you've ever smelled. Nice. Just blew her wig right off her head. Her gum. You ever see a dog with its gums out the window? And their, their oh, yeah. Te- the, the old bag's teeth were flopping up and down in her mouth. That's one of the most <laughs> disgusting things I've right? ever heard. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. So, Do you get triggered when you go back to grocery stores now? Uh, my grocery store didn't sell horse meat, but if, if, if it did, I would certainly buy some trigger. I, I mean, I've heard horse meat is delicious. Mm. I don't, we don't eat it a lot here, but I would try, try it. What's the most exotic animal you have eaten? Whew. Uh, I've had caribou. I've eaten caribou. I've tried moose. I think, uh, I think one of my favorites, and it's hard to get, is, uh... Uh, what's that stuff? The Australian tiger. Uh, there's only, I think, two left in the world. And uh, you're gonna eat both of them. I had I had one uh, ordered up at uh, Outback Steakhouse, and uh, delicious. Uh, Three thousand dollars just for a for a shank, but uh, what a delight. That does sound good. The meat's called a shank of that. The shank. It's like a, a lamb shank. But, oh, yeah. oh, right, 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 right. So there was a steakhouse that opened. In my hometown, and the gimmick was, you could go in there and cook your own steak. Come on! I swear to God. Did you do it? No, I never went in there. It seemed yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Why would you want to? Well, that's what they do at Korean barbecue. You ever do that? Yeah, same idea, I guess. Right. But I don't like that either. I don't. I don't go to restaurants. To you don't cook. want to cook, cook your own. Yeah. I've been to. There's one of the Japanese barbecue nearby. Uh, Gaikaku. Pardon fun. me. Gayukaku, have you been to Gayukaku? No thanks, I'm straight. Are you? What was that? I asked, are you? Uh, yeah. I believe you. Hell of a a look you got there. (laughs) Bro, I was waiting for you to say it. You got some mad eye contact, brother. I do? No, it's great, I love it. Can you can you say what he said? Gayukaku? What does it mean? Rosaf? I think it means I'm not well versed in Japanese, but of the kaku. The the parrot? Mm-hmm. Huh. So you went there, and then what happened? I cooked my own meat. Wow. It's gotta hurt. There was a comedian. Did, yeah. Oh go ahead, sorry. Oh no. It, it did. Right in front of everybody? Or... In front of my date. Wow. That's kind of her thing, though. Really? She was a nurse? Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. That's commitment. Yeah. That's commitment. Do you have an ideal profession you'd like your partner to work in? Wait. I noticed you threw the word partner out there, which is, you know, it's very ambiguous as if yeah, let's say girlfriend or boyfriend. Girlfriend. Uh, you're big on this. You really want people to know you're straight. Yeah. I feel that. Set the record straight. I Did really something do. happen? Easy killer. <laughs> Easy father Pat. Reincarnate. I thought you were in Ireland, brother. <laughs> you, no, get, well, you get the road. 
Yeah. He hit the road when the shit hit the fan. But, oh. Yeah, he was gone. But what was your question now? If it's, uh... Oh, you know, it's so long ago. But I think it was, do you have an ideal profession you'd like your partner to work in? Like that you think it would compliment you and what you do? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I would like, you know, I, I would like a woman who's not, like I couldn't date someone who does what I do, like a comedian. I feel that. Because I find it's just a little too... Uh, Two kites battling to be higher up in the air. Yeah, or, or it's like, you're, you know, there's always people trying to do shtick or whatever, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? So, uh, but I, I like the concept of a... I don't know, I could go for anything, but there's something about a woman who has to dress elegantly, you know, for her job, like mm-hmm. get a, a nice business suit on and... Something sexy about that. Like a mortician? Um, what do they wear? I don't know. A mortician? <laughs> Wouldn't they wear like a like a like a hazmat type of costume? I picture them in like black business outfits. I don't think so, bro. Bro. It might Rush. be different where I'm from. I don't think mortician, you're talking about the people that like suck the the gunk out of dead bodies, right? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I think that's. Uh, I, I think that's. They probably wear something with a splash guard on it. So you want to date someone who like works for like an S and P five hundred company? Maybe. I think that. I think there's something sexy when your 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 lady comes home and she's in the, you know, the tight uh, corporate skirt. I do and love the heels. that outfit. It's no right? accident that it's often in porn. It is. I from what I hear and I when I and from what I watch. Really? They wear that outfit a lot. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, how often do you watch this? What are you, what are you watching, guys? Oh, the listeners know all too much about it. I watch really? a, a lot of porn. You do? If I'm not keeping... I, I should not, so I try not to, but... And they wear the business outfit? Often, yeah. So you like the business outfit, too, then? I do. You just said, I do... How many like, times? Like, no, the way you said it was almost as if we were at the altar. That's my level of commitment to every question that gets posed to me. I'm taking it with that level of yeah. seriousness. Like, I do. I'm married to this idea. Do you know Yoda can never get married? Because, Why? well, he speaks backwards. Oh. And he can oh. never, like, they go, do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? And he's like, mm, do I? <laughs> he can never... Wow. Lock it in. Yeah. And she's like, no, Yoda, you have to say I do. Do I? And then she thinks he's fucking with him. Do you? Do I what? Do you take this woman? Do I? No, Yoda, if we're going to get married, you have to say I do. Honey, do you take me to be your lawfully wedded wife? Do I? Can you stop? All of our friends and family are here. Just say I do. Try I am. Not I can't. Okay, do you take... Meat he cooked. (laughs) (laughs) You said you wanted the full experience. Wait, where are we now? You said you wanted the kaku. Oh, wow, yeah. Kaku is Japanese for burnt penis. Oh, it is? Mm -hmm. Oh, damn, yeah. Lucky it's not a sushi joint. Um... Because you'd have to eat it raw. Yeah, with the foreskin on. You're not a fan of that? No. 
God, no. That's funny. We talked about that in our last podcast because our buddy's having a kid, and I'm I'm pro not circumcising. I I I look at it as you know, and I'm not judging anyone who does it. Yeah. I'm, I'm circumcised, but I I think it's better to not circumcise. How come though? This is it. Here's here we go. Because I think it's just here we go. It's natural, and I think it's like weird to kind of inflict pain on the baby, and it seems like a choice that someone should make for themselves. And I and I think that the concerns over like the uh, like the uh, cleanliness of it are kind of overstated. That would be interesting if the baby could make the choice for himself. You know, they got him there, and the little bald headed freak just goes, "Uh, would you not cut the tip of my cock off, please?" I feel like that's what he would say if they if yeah. he could talk. God. Like if it was "Look who's talking," they, they that's in the deleted scene. It is for "Look who's talking." The kid's like, yo, get the fuck away from my dick, doc. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis was bringing it with oh, a little wow. more of like an urban accent in that part. Wow. What if, what if the little baby was confronted with two photos? He's like, if you go through with this, this is what it'll look like in the future. And if you don't, this is... Do you think he'd reconsider? He'd be like, oh, dude, give me that helmet. You yeah, know? right. Give me that. Because if I were a baby and I was like, you're either going to have the hood or the helmet, I'd be like, dude, put, <laughs> put me in, fire chief. You know, Let's give me that helmet. <laughs> So you mean cut it? If I were a kid and I saw like the two options and I'm like, it's like, they're like, you're going to be in the locker room with either this or that. And I'd be like, fucking. So you think objectively the circumcised one is more attractive? Yeah. I just wonder if that's because that's just what we're used to. Cause we didn't, I didn't see an uncircumcised one until I was like 13. So it was jarring to me in the moment, but maybe if I was conditioned on I, those, I would have found them just as aesthetically appealing i don't know when i saw my first circumcised cock i was like that's, that's the, the one that's the look yeah. all right and i i pride myself on aesthetics as you know yeah 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 you know yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah i mean i i cook penis and i don't wear socks and you know i wear female socks apparently <laughs> yeah well i'm not judging brosh but you know they are what they are well, what what do you think about the circumcised thing? Well, I think if I was a baby and I could come back and, you know, think about it. One of the first things you do, when do they do it? At the three-month mark or something? Days. How, it's day, within days. Yeah. So in that scenario, if I knew, if I could go back and know it was coming as a baby, I'd tell uh, Doc Ock, I'd say, like, let's hold on to my umbilical cord. Right. Let's keep it attached to the old second a hole. And I tell you what, when that doc, when that priest went to cut my uh, anteater off, I would get that. You know how you ever whack whip a guy like with a, a towel? Yeah, I would whip that priest right in the fucking forehead until it carved a swastika on his fucking charday and a six 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 across his Tom Selleck. <laughs> I mean, I would fucking ginger snap that whore. You'd reverse the branding and put him on a different Bro, trajectory. So if I'd get my umbilical cord and whip that thing around like Cher on a Saturday night in Donnie Osmond's bedroom with fucking green jello dripping out of her trousers. And then Father Donnie's back at the monastery. Oh, I didn't know that's how they got down. That's awesome. I'm just guessing, bro. Dude, I think your guess is correct. And then Father Donnie's back at the monastery, and he's like, he's got to explain what happened to him. 
Wait, what? The guy that you put the lashing on. Right. He's got to go back to work. Right. He's got to go back with the umbilical burn on his face. Yeah. Right in the right in the middle of the Chardonnay. And you think people are buying that story? What choice do they have? He's religious. I mean, you show up to the next priest powwow and you got a swastika <laughs> and a 666 going down. Fucking Father Perus is ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Do you think if people He's see the that? Edgy one. Yeah. If people see that, they're like, how'd that happen? He's like, freaking baby brush. <laughs> right. Baby brush, Effiot. <laughs> freaking yeah. baby brush. Little is with demon my ass. baby took it oh, to yeah. me. He's yeah. got the heart of Lucifer. In him. I tried to cut his cock. But you deserve it, right? You're coming after a, a newborn infant to, to remove his most intimate. Part of his most intimate area. His favorite instrument. You deserve to get a lashing. You Absolutely. Know? That's called self-defense. It's like breaking the neck off a guitar, like right after you gift it to someone. Bingo, baby. Like, you gotta... baby. Baby's gotta fight back if we're learning anything here today. Baby's gotta... What'd you say? Flex up? I think so. And it's tough when you can't even close your fingers yet. But, you know, baby's gotta learn to flex up. Actually, they can't see either. Whoa. They yeah. can't see. Yeah. And all you know is someone's cutting your... Uh... So you're anti then. Anti, yeah. Let's go. So when do you think Donny Osmond started putting green jello in his trousers? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know where that... I think I got possessed for a second. Oh, man. yeah? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? It's... I don't know what how that even happened, where that came from. I thought it was poetic. You got a show on Nickelodeon, right? No. Disney Junior? Yeah. Sorry. Puppies and... I'm sorry. It's a puppy show, yeah. What, what does that mean to be a puppy show? It's What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's, a, it's like a little animation thing for kids, puppy dog pals. And it's just... It, it's like the adventures of these two little pugs, and they go all over the place, and... And, uh, you know, they're just little puppies and they're, they're figuring out the world. They're seeing it with their giant puppy Disney eyes for the first time. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And they go, they go everywhere from Africa to Egypt to, they go everywhere, underwater and space. They've been everywhere. And so what's like the mission statement with the show? You're trying to like show kids like the benefit of travel and adventure. That's part of it. That was kind of subliminally what I wanted to put into it. But, but really it's to just. To show them on adventures all over the world, helping, sharing, being kind, you know, that kind of stuff. Instill some good values in these. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's all about good values. I love that. Yeah. It's, we're in our fifth season. Can you believe it? That's fucking great. Do you do the voices? I do the voice of, uh, so there's two puppies, Bingo and Rolly, Mm -hmm. and then their owner is Bob, and I do the the voice of Bob, the, uh, the, oh, that's cool. Their owner. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a delight, man. It's this. This shows in. I think they told me 135 countries all over the world. Really? Yeah. It's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Junior. It's on Disney. Just on Disney proper, and that's cool. And uh, I, so, somebody sent me a link for the theme song, because in the theme song, my character has one line. My 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 character Bob goes, "See you later, pups." And somebody sent me the link, and and to see it in like all these different languages, it was hilarious. That's cool. But, uh, yeah, no, it's very gratifying, and uh, <laughs> it's it's really the real interesting thing that came out of it that I didn't see coming is many many people with autistic children 
have written to me on my fan page mm. and and they they tell me they go our child doesn't talk our child doesn't look at us we we can't connect with our child and i can't tell you how many people have written to me and said through your show through because we have a song in every show we have an animated song we have a, an animated title sequence for some reason that show has I don't know if this happens with all autistic kids, but with my show in particular, people have written me and said the show has has brought the, their kids to life. Their their kids talk to them or sing to them or or they connect with them, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's fluent; they they have a full on, but something that wasn't there before is now happening between right. them and their autistic child because of the show. Wow! And boy, oh boy, was that ever um, that was very very gratifying that might have been the most satisfying thing of the whole journey because these letters i get are very emotional and they're they're very um you know imagine your kid you have a beautiful kid circumcised or uncircumcised and you're not really able to connect with that thing Mm. you created and then suddenly you have this portal that sort of opens and uh it's just uh it's, it's it was a wonderful surprise outside of all the other good I feel the show does. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really a, the pinnacle of of uh, my enjoyment from it. How, how did the idea for the show come about? Did you just want to do a kids show, or did you just have this idea and you're like, "Oh, this would be great"? Like, how does that come about? Well, you know, I always um, studied. I studied animation in college. Right, your roommate was a uh, he's a big animator, right? Yes. Uh, well, both my roommates are big. And one, one of them's a French Canadian guy, Reg Bordage, and mm-hmm. he's he's worked on every giant animated movie that you've seen since the eighties, like yeah. from Aladdin to Lion King to Toy Story to. I mean, if you if you go, <laughs> if you watch Toy Story three, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm the only one laughing at this, but Canal Reeves or whatever his name is, he plays the motorcycle doll. Right. Yeah. And in the movie, I think his name his name's Regine, and it's a very odd name, but it's a French Canadian name, and that's my roommate's name, Reg Regine Bordage, mm-hmm. and so they they used Reg Reg's name in the movie. So when I went to see that movie, I was the, kind of the only one on the inside joke. I was howling, but then my other roommate, Steve Williams, he created the uh t-rex in jurassic park and the liquid terminator and all these yeah oh, iconic. The, the t2 t2 that, like he, that like that silver liquid that's he, so he cool. didn't just he didn't just um create it he 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 developed the the technology for this wow. stuff like uh, uh, jurassic park originally was going to be animatronics like the big they had already actually made life-size velociraptors out of foam and latex and all this stuff and Mm -hmm. steve worked at ilm and he said why don't we do this in cgi and this was at the advent of cgi where they didn't really know this stuff and understand it and they said no no, absolutely not It, it doesn't work it's not possible and so on his own time steve animated in cgi the skeletal structure of the t-rex and he made it walk on a on a it's called a a a cycle so it just it kind of just kept doing the same walk cycle over and over 
And he knew there was going to be a big meeting of all the higher execs from Spielberg's company uh, that week. And so he'd already been told not to even try it. So mm-hmm. he did it on his own time. So at the meeting, he put it up on his monitor in his office where the meeting was taking place. And he just let it run. Really? And wow. about four minutes into the meeting, one of the top executives said, what the hell is that thing? And he said, that I animated the T. And she took it up to Spielberg and they said, stop the presses. At that wow. moment, they switched gears from the old style like foam. And and that was the kind of the beginning of, of CGI animation. It's pretty amazing. So Incredible. My, yeah, my roommates are like, these guys are insane. Did you know they were like wizards like that when you first met them? Or were you as surprised as like Spielberg and stuff were that they were capable of this? Well, it was funny because I knew they were both talented guys and we had a riot in college, believe me. But Steve, on the weekends, he would go to this place, some community college or something, and he would... He would uh, he would do computer animation before computer animation was a thing. And he'd come back at the end of the weekend and he'd go, hey, watch this. And he'd put in a VHS tape and it would be circles, orange, green, yellow, blue. They just kind of pop. And we'd be like, so? And he goes, those are digital. I made those on a computer. And we were like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like it didn't register with us what he was starting, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when we graduated, he went to work for this technology company in Toronto and I went in to see him. And the first time I went to see him, he goes, he goes, hard, look at this. And he showed me like kind of this rippling water and I go, okay. And he goes, yeah, that, that's CGI. And I said, yeah, it looks kind of computery Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then i went in like five months later and he showed me a slug like a garden slug crawling and he said i was like okay and then the third time i went in he said look at this and and it was a it was a hummingbird Mm. and i said oh where did you film that and he goes i didn't film it i created it in the computer and that's when i went wait that that's not real and he said no i made that and and so after that, he got picked up at ILM, uh, Lucas's special effects company, and did the whole, um, the whole T Rex thing, man. So that's great. That's like evolution. It went from like yeah. single cell to like complicated oh, animals. It was unbelievable, and and you know to take it from from a slug to a T Rex, and then me and Reg went up to visit him at ILM at one point, and um, and he. We didn't know what he was up to. A lot of these places, like Reg now works at Pixar, and they're not allowed to talk about what they're doing. So he said, he snuck us in. He goes, guys, look at this. It's going to change the world. And we're like, what What are you talking about? And he showed us the scene. Remember when the T-Rex is running, and they're looking in the side mirror, and it says objects may appear bigger. He showed us that scene, and we were just like, what's happening here? So it's pretty. This was like probably a year and a half before the movie came out. Really? Yeah. So, so anyways, the idea for Puppy Dog Pals. It's <laughs> a great story. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, it came from I. I had two puppies, and uh, this was back in the in the nineties. I had two little puppies, and I was running around town going to meetings and auditions and everything, and so. I had to put these two puppies in this kind of big room I had. And like, it was more like a laundry room, but it wasn't confining. It was 
it was a good size. And when I'd put them in there, I'd put newspaper down. This was in the days when we had newspapers, right? And uh, just out loud as a goof, I'd say, now, don't forget to do your business there, boys, you know, meaning peeing on the newspaper. But Mm -hmm. then I'd be driving to my meetings and I'd be thinking, what if my puppies thought, don't forget to do your business meant reading the headline on the paper, like boat missing in the Bermuda Triangle or Bigfoot (laughs) spotted in. What if they thought business meant to solve the headline? Oh, interesting. So I thought, so they thought, well, I was gone because dogs want to make their master happy. Well, I'm away at work. They go off and solve the the headline. And by the time I get home, they've solved it. I love that. And so that was the pitch for the the meeting when I took it into Disney. And uh, that's, uh, you know, by the time we got it up and running, you know, 15 years later, newspapers have been kind of phased out so now we just have it they overhear things or there's something on the tv or you know it took 15 years well i pitched it way back then and then it kind of nobody wanted it and then it just kind of sat in my pile of of ideas and then uh i got this new manager and he said let's go out i set up a meeting at disney and this was like yeah 15 years later maybe more almost and and uh, it was a really funny meeting because, you know, we went in and I sat down with the executive and, and they said, do you have any ideas? And I said, yeah, I do. I got like three or four. And I, I pitched like all these different cartoons. And they're like, great, great to see you, Harlan. Thanks for coming in. And uh, and so I got up to leave. I was literally halfway up out of my chair and the lady goes, do you have anything else? I don't even know why she asked me that, but she goes, you got anything else? And I go... My wheels started spinning, and I went, well, I got that one that I pitched years ago. So I sat down, I go, yeah, I got this thing called the Puppy Dog Papers. And I told her real quick about the dogs and peeing and solving the... And I said, oh, that's interesting. And then, like, three days later, they phoned and said, that's the one. We want to we wanna wow. go with it. So it's just... It's a funny town how things work here in Hollyweird. Yeah. It's insane. Right? But a good a good happy ending to it. A good happy ending. Five years later, we did five five seasons, and it's like their top show, and kids love it. And That's awesome. What a treat. That's amazing. Yeah. And you've been in a lot of movies, like some iconic movies, too. What, yeah, bro. Do you, is there an experience that's your favorite sort of acting experience? Go easy on the cactus, cool. I know, bro. I had that was a long, like that's the longest. That's true. You were spitting for a while. Like I dumped a lot of words. Like I I felt like that old, like conjunction, junction. What's What's your function? function? Building up words and phrases and clauses, like. And I feel like I just barfed out like a couple of conjunction junctions, bro. It came out perfect, brother. It did? You put it down, that train's on the tracks, and it's running smooth. Well, ride a lawnmower over my face and call me Donnie Sizzlegrass. <laughs> <laughs> but just to Chad's cue. Oh, yeah. What, uh, what was... What, well, I, I guess, like, <laughs> do you have a favorite acting experience? I, yes. I, yeah. My favorite acting experiences with, uh, with no disrespect to younger actors... But when you, when I personally, and I'm not considering myself an amazing actor, but a guy like me got the opportunity to work with some amazing actors. Mm -hmm. 
believe it or not, I got to work with Richard Dreyfuss. I got to work with Dustin Hoffman. I got to work with Bruce Willis. I got to work with James Caan, people like this. Yeah. And my favorite acting experiences were when I got into a scene with these people who were classically trained actors more or less, mm -hmm. especially like Hoffman and anyone who was older, who had come from the old school method of learning to act, where I, I think they really knew how to, I don't know. They like had an they, intense focus. Yeah, right? they, they knew how to do the Brando thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they, they, In my opinion, they went to another plane. Mm. And so I've acted with hundreds of different people who are all great actors, but but when you when I got locked in with some of these older guys, you could just feel and sense and see like new switches go off. Right. And when I got in with them looking in their eyes, I almost felt like like a cone came over us and everything disappeared. Mm. You're just like, you're trans, and it's the most beautiful, clean, pure acting I've ever done, just from an acting point of view. Right. Like all the acting I've done, I've loved, and it's great, and it's fun, but with these older guys, there's this different level you go up to. You know, it's like surfing. If you catch a four-foot wave, you catch a 40-foot wave. It's right. a It's a different rip curl, bro. And so... did did Do you think... I'm thinking about this lately. Do you think those actors also pull out like they did in you? It sounds like that focus, they're able to pull out better performances in their scene partners because it's like a, they transport everyone in the scene. Yeah. With them. Yeah. And it's without trying like, because I think what the difference is you, you, that moment with them for me, and I'm just speaking for me, it became real. It mm. became because they, they were so real. If I was playing a security guard or I was playing a doctor or whatever I'm playing, I simply just felt like I was inhabiting that being, you know? It was, it was be it's just beautiful. I wish I could have done it more, you know? Was Hoffman still doing the, like, because he's known for being intensely method and has, like, that famous interaction <laughs> with Lawrence Olivier where he's like, have you ever tried acting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, was he still in that method <laughs> intensity when you worked with them? Yeah, I, I did a movie called Wag the Dog that's with him. That's one of my favorite movies. David Mamet's script, too, yeah, so that's you know right. that thing bangs. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was intense. David Mamet and then... Barry uh, Levinson. Barry Levinson directed, and then my scene was with Dustin and and De Niro and Kristen Dunst. We were all kind of in a circle almost. The soundstage where she's pretending like she's... Yeah, that's yeah, right. It's great that's scene. right. And I wasn't in the movie for, for long, but all my stuff was with with Dustin. And I was so entranced with the guy. I was doing my scene, and then Levinson yelled, cut. And then Dustin was standing there, and he goes, he goes, okay, when, when we do it again, what, you try this, and I'll say that, and you do this. And he had this whole kind of laundry list of little adjustments. And I just went, okay, yes, sir, Mr. Hoffman. And again, I was in awe of this guy, right? Mm -hmm. Of course. One of the most iconic actors, Academy Award winning. So Levinson's yells, action, we do the scene again. All right, cut. And Dustin looks at me and goes, why, why didn't you do anything I said? <laughs> and I, I was very honest. I said, Mr. Hoffman, I'll be totally honest. I'm so in awe of being here with you. I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> and he just looks at me and goes, 
okay, well, we'll do it this time. <laughs> and it's true. It's like he was talking and I was just in such a zone. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't retain anything mm-hmm. he said. Yeah. And I felt like a complete ass, but I, I, I didn't want to lie to him. So Jesus I just, Christ. oh worst, my God, is that my possible, dad? Worst possible move. Oh my God, time. father. Sorry, I'll edit that out. Keep going. Oh my God, <laughs> father wants me home to make gourds. <laughs> So you're uh, watching Dustin Hoffman. You're not catching what he's saying. Yeah, and I, I just, I just, I just, I, I blew it. But it, but it was just. He was very patient. He goes, "Okay, do it next time." And and it was just, it was just, uh, it was amazing. But I, I, I can't tell you whether he was still in that kind of. I don't know what level. I just think he's always at that level, you know, mm-hmm. of, of of intensity and greatness, you know. So do you think it's that there these actors are able to sort of fully immerse themselves in the character like they they're able to transcend you know like themselves into the character is that what it is or is it just pure technique and experience i you know what i have to i'd have to be them to know but i think it's a combination of both right Right. i I think i think that's what i appreciate you know i I always used to think oh you can't teach acting yeah i I don't think you I think you gotta already have it, and then if someone teaches on top of what you already have, yeah. I don't know that just everyone can be an actor, right? Or everyone can be anything. I think if you're born with a gift, and then someone can come in and enhance it and help you bring it to another, I think that's what those guys and girls like Meryl Streep—they possess that yeah. very special and very rare trait, and uh, it's, it's uh, beautiful. I think it's almost like the like teachers, and same with like stand-up. It's like you they guide you to your talent you know what i yeah. mean it's like it's like you're sort of like you always talk about you know it's like a marble block and you're like just chipping away i yeah. think I like cause when i you know with acting and stuff it's i think it's just through experience that you you, you just need to keep doing it and with stand-up you just need to keep doing it until yeah. you just, just do it and do it and, and, and until you find it yeah or you find it within you yeah that's what uh, you gotta that's do. sort of how i view it yeah it's basically yeah. what you're saying of there's like, that, you know, I, I, I don't put a cage around anything creative. Like that, right. what you just said is 100% legit. Yeah. But if I see a guy eating a zebra femur on Melrose Boulevard right. and suddenly he delivers an Oscar-worthy performance and he doesn't give a flying crap about it, yeah. then to me that's just as legit because right. that's art. Like I don't, I don't think any amount of training or any amount of wrangling can... can define pure and, mm. and great art so right. I, I'm, I'm willing to accept art coming from anywhere and anything if it's beautiful and it works it works you know that's cool and there's you know? yeah there's different ways up the mountaintop yeah that's right what was de niro's personality like off camera because he's kind of uh renowned for being sort of uh like very uh like not energized off camera right like not not the charismatic guy that you see on camera all the time he's kind of yeah, like it's like a flat affect or something. Well, like he that. was pretty chill, but I I didn't have any direct scenes with like he was in one of my or I was in one of his scenes I should say, but we didn't have dialogue together. But he was right there in the scene as a presence and and visible in the scene. But all my dialogue, but he he was just sort of quiet and he he just you know after his takes he'd just go sit down in his chair That's or disappear. But. I didn't go out and hang with him, or I, I didn't say one word to him. To be honest, nice. I, didn't, I didn't want to. I'm one of those guys that I'm like, if that superstar wants to talk to little old me, he he can, but I ain't gonna get in his face. So. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to answer some? I'm gonna use the restroom. Do we want to answer some questions? Well, in the restroom? 
No, no, I'm going to use, sorry. I'm going to use the restroom, come back, and then we'll answer listeners' questions. Friend of yours, Brosh? Yeah, good friend, yeah. Thank you. He reads them from the bathroom, yeah. We've got to go and... Yeah. What are you afraid of? Just, it's tight. It's echoey. It's the quarters. I think part of the podcast is we're trying to you know get you used to dudes. Our level of intimacy. Oh, to dudes. That's why you're in the middle. Yeah, okay. But I hear what you're saying okay. on tight quarters. I remember when McGuire and Kinseka were accused of shooting each other up with steroids, and one of their teammates said, it's hard for me to picture both those Clydesdales in the same stall. Whoa, I like that. It was a good rebuttal. It turned out they were doing it, though. <laughs> they were steroiding up? Yeah. Oh, wow. Which is okay. I mean, you know, it's, the it's not okay, but right. It yeah. provided a lot of entertainment. It's, it, it's an interesting debate. Yeah. Um, are you going to roid up in the in the bathroom? Don't do that anymore. Did a cycle when I was 18. Never felt better, but it's just not good long-term for the ligaments. Friend of yours, Brosh? Yeah, he was a beast. Everything I'm saying, I feel like is straight down the barrel, and you're turning it around like I'm coming at you sideways. No, I was just checking if there was a perpendicular uh, twist to your octagon flow, Brosefiesh. Well, I think we can fit a couple trapezoids in there and fit sit pretty. Suck my trilobite. Whoa. I got a terabyte of something for you. No thanks. I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> so you keep saying. I'm not buying it. All right, I'm going to be back. I'll be back. Don't talk shit on me while I'm gone, dude. So uh, I know you brought these to... Oh, yeah, the Dons. The Donettes. But yeah, what would you do if I... I would love it if you cracked one, bro. I'm... I... You know, it's like my experience here has been so good that yeah. I was going to take them home with me, but I want wow, you to we, have them. We've earned them? I, you've earned them. You earned them I, in the first two minutes. Oh, dude. You donned it out, bro. You jumbo donned it. Dude, I want to try the strawberry, actually. You want to glaze it if out? I may, yeah. Glaze it, bro. Glaze it. Don't praise it. That's oh, what I always say. You dog. <laughs> Can I open these donuts? Oh, dude. It'd be my pleasure. Do you want a donut, bro? I'd love one. Yeah. I may go to Arby's after this, too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we'll see you at the ER after that, too. <laughs> Donettes with Arby's for dessert. Brosh. They call it the last day oh. on earth. How's the glazing, bro? Dude, delish. Glaze it up. The strawberry? Wow. Yeah. How's your chew? You got a good chew? Oh, you got a good, pretty good chew. Yeah, you like it? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of playing it up because I'm with you. And really? That's not your well, natural chew? Well, everyone knows how good of a chewer you are, and I just, like, I got a little embarrassed. I, I'm a little bit more kind of low-key. Yo, you're quiet. Yeah, the California chew, they call How's it. How's your chew, Brosh? Terrible. You're, you're like silent chewer. Mm-hmm. I can't even hear you. Oh. I've been doing sound for a long time. Yeah. Harlan, we got a huge huge question for you. This is an ongoing debate in the podcast. Yeah. In and out or five guys? In and out. Why? I thought I knew you. <laughs> uh oh, did I hit a bad spot? Oh no. Well cause in and out sounds like a really fun heterosexual sex act. Mm-hmm. And five guys sounds like I'm about to get on a gay boat cruise. Yeah. So I'm going to go in and out. Fair point. Dude, your mind is always there. I, I love yeah, it. Yeah. I don't need no curly fries in the straight bin. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got your guard up. 
Oh my god, are you okay? Is Harlan defending his sexuality again? <laughs> yeah, he was. No, I was defending no fast food. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. doing the Five Guys In and Out thing? Yeah, we yeah. already did it. Yeah. How'd it go? I think it went really, really well. I mean, I think, it, it, yeah, he's, I mean, he has a pretty the fries solid aren't, argument. The fries are trash, though, right? In and out fries, yeah. yeah. That the, the, they you. they go <laughs> in and out. Aaron, you do not pry like that. <laughs> in and out fries go cold faster than any fries you've ever had. Like they go cold almost as soon as they put them out the window. Yeah. And then once they're cold, they taste like you're eating a foam cup. Yep. 100%. But Five Guys, I'm gonna give you Five Guys has better fries for thank sure. You, thank you. Love their fries. Chad, do you want to tap me into the Patreon questions? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry, brother. I should have... Let's don't, see. You can't chew like that on, on the... We've, we've been doing it. Yeah. We, what? We had a chew-off, bro. What? Well, you were over there dropping the brown trout into Creamy River. I just took a one. I was peeing. That's not what we smell or heard. <laughs> no, you're, you're, that's a fib. You tell these people the truth. No, what of Stainy? That's crazy, man. You go that frame is crazy, me? yeah. Ever hear porcelain crack in the middle of the night, Will? All right, here comes the mid-roll. What's up, guys? I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know once again that we have a Patreon out. Bonus episodes each week. Uh, Chad JT classic episodes you guys are gonna love them check it out at patreon.com slash chad goes deep also we have a goal if we get 750 patrons we're gonna do a draft episode um where we have a case race with uh strider and chris so help us get to that goal baby 750 patrons what up uh we also have tour dates coming up we're going on tour Leaving the state, leaving California, going to Michigan, Texas, Washington, D.C., and more dates coming soon. Head to chatandjt.com for ticket links. We're also brought to you by the legends at Manscaped. Manscaped, what up? Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. You guys are the best on earth. You guys, if you're not on the Manscaped train yet, what are you doing? You've got pubes, and your pubes are running wild. That's why you got to Manscaped them. So when people see your pubes, they're like, whoa, this guy not only has his game tight for his you know his his dome piece but also for his dink and that's what you want also manscape is looking out for national testicular cancer awareness month so i want to take a second to talk about men's health issues that are important to me did you know that one guy every hour every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer so this is a reminder to all the men listening to check yourself before you wreck yourself. So Manscaped, in addition to providing the right tools and solutions for safe and easy manscaping, has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection. Makes sense, right? We use Manscaped products daily to trim and maintain that region below the belt. So while you're down there cleaning up your sack, investigate your nuts, check to see if you got any lumps or weird you know, bumps on your, on your, on your nuts. Um, because testicular cancer is a weird, is a real thing and you gotta, you know, look out for it. And if you find something, get it fixed. It's fixable. Manscaped has helped me out. Also, they have a new shirt out. So they sent us this, but JT's neighbor, unfortunately got the package and he's out of town. So we don't have the product, but it's a, we save balls shirt. We save balls. How can you not want that shirt? And a lawnmower 4.0 that's purple. 
We're going to put a photo right there so you can see it. It's a purple Manscaped trimmer. Get on it, guys, and help the testicular cancer, you know, awareness, help spread the movement, help, you know, support Manscaped, and they're, um, they're going to donate $50,000 to their longtime partner, uh, the Testicular Cancer Society, help those impacted by testicular cancer. So get the Lawnmower 4.0 TCS Special Edition Trimmer and help Manscaped raise awareness and give back to the Testicular Cancer Society. Um, get 20% off plus free shipping with code GoDeep at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free, ship, free shipping with code GoDeep at Manscaped.com. All right, back to the show. That's <laughs> Dude, that's so uncalled for. I know. You know I was being. Here, there. Show me chugging coffee. I don't know. If you just scroll down, they're just... Uh, As they go? Yeah. Sweet. Sup, bros. First time writing in after smashing the Patreon subscription. Anyways, Canadian listener living on the East Coast. There's not much to do here, but it's pretty chill. Recently, I've been thinking about what else is out there since we get wind, wind, rain, and snow nonstop, and for half the year, it leaves me completely bummed out. I know if I moved somewhere nicer, I'd be much more stoked all the time, but is it worth leaving my bros and my family? Thanks, guys. I love you. Wait, this is a Canadian guy? Mm-hmm. On the East Coast? And he wants to move somewhere sunnier, but he doesn't want to ditch his fam. Wow. That's what you did, basically, right? Yeah, I got out. I was in Canada. I was on the East Coast. Not the East Coast. I was like Toronto, which is the East. Mm-hmm. But he sounds like he's a Maritimer. And one thing a Maritimer always has to remember, if you move away from the East Coast, you're not going to be able to go jigging for squid now, by. And if you're an East Coaster, you got to wake up in the morning and go jigging for squid thereby. And you're not going to be jigging for squid by here in fucking Santa Monica. So that's my answer. What do you got? I think you got to move, brother. You'll still see your family and they'll have a cool place to come visit you at. So, yeah, go somewhere that's going to make you happy if the weather's having that much of an impact on your stoke. I would go somewhere that's... I, you know, I'm, I'm a prisoner of my own experience, but I feel free here. Like the sun is lovely and the, the beach is awesome. And I, I get a lot of joy from the good weather. No disrespect to places that don't have those options, but it does a lot for me. So I would, I would make the move. Yeah. I think it's time to expand your experience. You know, uh, I think you, you gotta, you gotta move to new places. You gotta meet new people. You know, it's fun to have your friends from growing up and all that kind of stuff, but you gotta, you gotta expand. You gotta meet new people and, You'll, you know, find the experience different parts of yourself and all that kind of stuff. You know, maybe you'll come on this podcast and like Harland. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know I mean, what's going with that. Yeah, bring I mean, him on. It could happen. Bring him. You never know. It's not going to happen if you stay where you're at. You, Dude, stay yeah. where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Got to come here to be on it. Drink cactus cooler with the boys. Mm-hmm. Man up, brosh. Hey, Council, just wanted to say that listening to dudes fires me up without fail. I love the sage wisdom you guys consistently provide. I know that you guys are in great shape, and I've been struggling to get back in the gym. I used to go to the Church of Iron all the time and loved it. I've been pretty depressed and tired with where I'm at in life, and that makes things hard. For context, I am 20, 25 and am pursuing my bachelor's degree. I went to culinary school when I was 19 and worked as a chef until recently. I thought that getting my bachelor's degree would help me achieve a happier existence, but I'm struggling with my mental health in all honesty. I know that if I get back in the gym, my mental health will improve, but I can't bring myself to get back there. I have to work out almost every day that I'm not in school to afford to live, and I want to get back into the gym. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Keep up the stoke. 
Uh, I brought up the chef part because the only reason I'm not fat is because of my knowledge of nutrition. I'm not in great shape, but I'm not fat. Any insight is a huge help. Well, man, it sounds like, yeah, the principal issue here is that you're not feeling good, that you're feeling depressed. And there's different ways to get better on that, but I definitely think the gym is a huge one for me. Uh, in terms of motivation, I think uh, if, it, if it's not too much of a strain on the wallet, I would join a gym where you're with other people because that accountability and that, that connection uh, makes it a lot easier. Like I always work out a lot harder and faster and with more intensity when I'm with the dogs. So I, I would try to get your buddies on board and see if you can get them to do it. And then just another thing I do is I just tell myself I'm just going to do a little bit. Just tell you, if you think about the whole workout, you'll overwhelm yourself and you won't do it for me at least. But if I just do a little bit, I'm like, I'm just going to do one set. Then after you're done with that, say like, okay, I'll do two. And then pretty soon you've done a whole workout. So make it smaller in your head maybe as well. Yeah. Well, they say, don't they say that working out like releases all the endorphins and all that stuff and it actually affects your chemical balance, even when it comes to depression and stuff. So sounds like you're saying you can't get to the gym, but try and like put it into that extra gear and get yourself to the gym. Because like you said, once you start, you know, it just kind of... It's a momentum. Yeah. So don't, don't fall back on the old, I can't. If you, if you want to do something and you make time for it, you can. It may be a little extra work, maybe a little extra effort, but push through and, and that, that working out will be good for clearing up your depression, I'm sure. Yeah, because that voice is a liar. It's saying I can't do this, right. but it's just a voice. It's just a bad friend. Well, it's like if you woke up every day and say, oh, I want to eat, but I can't eat. And then you didn't eat, you die. But you, you eat every day. Because you have to. And so look at this as that type of thing where if I don't exercise, I'm not going to feel good. I'm not going to help battle my depression or whatever. So, Yeah, and I think too, whenever, I, like whenever I'm sort of faced with like a daunting kind of task like that or like building, I think it's a lot, with working out, it's like building a habit. And you just got to think if I just stay consistent with it, you know, for a week, two weeks, three weeks, you know, and, and start small, you're going to start building that habit. You know, by the time you get to like 30 days, I sort of equate it to like, I, I quit vaping recently. And in my mind, you know, it's like the first like week sucks, but like if you just have in your mind, I've just had in my mind, if I make it to 30 days, I'll have the habit of, I'll lose that habit, the nicotine habit that I had. And so I think if you just have that goal in your mind and you sort of, once you get closer to that, it'll become unconscious and you'll, you know, just be in the gym. You quit vaping? Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks today. Awesome. Let's go. Um, You got this, dog. Just keep pushing. All right, last question. Girlfriend living situation cue for the boys. This one's a little long. What up, bros? Love the pod. You guys are awesome. Keep it up and please keep this anon. So I've been seeing this girl for a little over a year and we were both super stoked on each other. This coming summer, we were both going to be living in our college town. We were both originally from the other side of the country. I had known I was staying this summer for a while now, whereas she had been on the fence about staying for work-related reasons, but was seriously trying to stay this summer. I found out recently through overhearing her conversation with her friend that she was officially going to be staying this summer and subletting with her 
current girl roommate in their five guy best friend's house. Apparently, they had finalized the plans two to three weeks ago, but this was the first to her I had heard of it. Needless to say, I was shocked that she hadn't said anything to me and that I had to find out by overhearing her side conversation with a friend and that she would be living with guys. These guys are supposedly her girl group's best friends and sh- strictly platonic, and she did very sincerely apologize for not letting me know when she had made her decision. She, she is a busy person, so said it slipped her mind. And that she assumed I knew she was staying the summer because she'd been clear from the start. She was hoping to find a job and stay. I believe her on that front because we were both very open with each other and the others go to person for telling big and small news. And she reiterated that in our talk about this, the thing I'm still stuck on is living with her guy friends. There is another girl in the house and she's not giving me any reason not to trust her, but I really do not know any of these guys. We have talked about this entire sitch and she explained her rationale by saying she did not want to live in my house. I live with 11 other guys because she wanted to respect my autonomy and did not want to intrude on my guy time. I might need and simply is not as good of a group of friends with my roommates as she is with the guys she is living with this summer. The living situation is set in stone and I am still unsure of how comfortable I am with her living with guys. I don't really know despite her being good friends. I'm not sure if I'm being irrational or not here in my uncomfort with the situation. We really appreciate y'all's thoughts and advice. So, his girlfriend, this is his girlfriend, is going to be living in the same town, but rather than living with him and his 10 or 11 bros, she's living with her girlfriend and five other bros that they're friends with. Mm. And he doesn't know the guys and he doesn't like her living with all those fellas. Mm. And she didn't tell him about it. He overheard her talking about it. I, I would say, what can you do? Like, you just wait and see and find out. Hope for the best and we'll see what happens. You got to look on your face. Remember that story I told you where Dustin Hoffman was saying a bunch of stuff and I didn't hear a word of it? I think it just happened again, bro. That was, that was a no disrespect to that, but that was long, bro. I was like, Dustin, is that you? But I don't, I don't even know what was said, so I'm, I'm respectfully stepping out. I'm taking a wag the dog on this one. I think you're making a great point. Dude, you're putting a lot of energy into this, and you're thinking about it in a very deep and granular level. And the truth is, you know, it was a little dicey. She didn't tell you about it. That would have pissed me off, too. But I just don't know what you can do about it other than just see how it goes. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> I'm just sort of like... Either you live with me and 10 dudes, or you live with her and five dudes. Like, what's going on? In these- a lot of people well, there. Well, it's college. It's like fresh. I know, but wow. like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Sounds like a cult is what, what it really sounds like. <laughs> yeah. He's in a cult and he doesn't know it. Well, do you think they're going to get married, him and this girl? How old are they? They're in college. Yeah, it's, look, anything could happen, but whenever something's dicey and it's already a problem before you even move into the next gear it's it's already you're setting the table for uh problems so maybe find something that's uh, not such a nightmare not such a hassle and start segueing going on a ride with that person maybe or i don't know uh, yeah yeah it's uh it's hard to tell i only caught a few words of that whole story and <laughs> I'd say, uh, yeah, stay present and let it ride. That's what I would do. What other, what else are you going to do? I mean, because you don't want to break up with her just now over the living situation. So I gotta, just got really excited yeah. when you first said five guys. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Maybe it was a burger thing. Yeah. I caught that part, yeah. 
had a Pavlov's dog kind of started salivating and ovulating and come on my period. Um, you get periods? I do. Yeah. What's that like? It's sort of like whenever I get a question mark, but it's more direct. Hmm. Um, how about you? Uh, I've tried. I've never. You got to push. You really got to push. Oh, you got to push. You tie your ankles to the end of the bed. Really? Drink Newman's own lemonade and push, and you'll you'll get it. You'll get uh, your period, guy. I was drinking Tang. Yeah. Well, might want to try some Poon Tang and see if that helps. Hmm. Thanks for the tip. That's what she said. Do you, do you think you could hear one more cue? Dude, roll, rock and roll uh, heaven, or whatever you, you, you say. That's right. My prom was last weekend and I had a killer night. The best friends around me and my date is amazing. Here's the situation. My date and I went as friends, or so I thought. We got on the D floor and had some nice freak dancing to my surprise. However, I brushed this off as being in the moment and try not to get my hopes up. For, re- for reference, I had a crush on her in the past, but got rejected. So after the dance, we went to an after party and I went off on my own and had a fun night with a sweet girl, not my date. Now my date and good friends seem more distant. Maybe she was into me and I fucked my chances over. Any advice on future steps? Thanks, guys. Love the pod. Huh? (laughs) Does anyone here write have any small problems? These are like the short stories over. Who's writing these? Stephen King, for Christ's sake? Good Lord, no disrespect. I mean, I again, I think I nodded off. I might have nodded off. I'm also, I'm almost wishing Lee Harvey Oswald was still into book depositories right now because I almost need to be taken out if I hear one more of these droning, whiny. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, I don't think you're wrong, man. But you gotta, you gotta, you know, tighten them up a bit. Because I feel sorry for your lips and your tongue. Because you gotta flap it all out, right? It's my job. It's tough, though. I see. I can hear you wheezing and struggling, and it's a lot of words. Uh, your so, little buddy. Do we? Uh, do we? Do we? Uh, do we think there's a way, something to help this dude? You know what? I'm going to defer to you two because I think if you roll back the tape, I might have nodded off. And no disrespect. <laughs> I just found out on the way over here at my gynecologist that I have narcolepsy. So uh, hmm. literally came right from my gyno to here. And uh, he said, I have narcolepsy. And uh, I said, well, what were you doing while I was asleep? And he said, you don't want to know. And then uh, sent me on my way. Sounds like a good appointment. If I knew what happened, I would concur, but uh, I was passed out. Narcolepsy. Um, Chad, anything? I kind of got lost, too. He, so He went on a prom date with a girl. He hooked up with another girl. They went as friends. He's wondering why she's being distant now. Did he fuck it, did he fuck it up? Did he fuck up his chances? The date? Yeah. They went as friends? Mm-hmm, but they freak danced. And he hooked up with someone else? Mm-hmm. And he's interested in his prom date? Mm-hmm. He'd had a crush on her before. He made a move. She re- rejected it. Oh. Uh, 
I just say let it ride, baby. I don't know, yeah, dude. Like, I, like she's not acting. Dizzy. You guys are fine. Yeah, it's okay to hook up with someone else, especially at that age, especially if you want his friends. Just keep talking to her. It could work out. Yeah. Maybe try getting your first period. You know, like you're talking about. Well, let's be clear. I didn't get mine until I was 42. <laughs> that must have been a hell of a surprise. Yeah. Are you kidding? I got an x-ray and because I was worried. I got an x-ray and uh, the x-ray came out. It looked like I had swallowed a Wetzel's pretzel. Uh, my, my fallopian tubes looked like a Wetzel's pretzel. They even had the chunks of salt on it. Turned out to be mini fibroids. Whoa. Unbelievable. Yeah. But uh, such is a uh, day in the life of guy like me. Well, I appreciate you being candid about it. Let's keep it pushing. Can I, uh, yeah. Chad, whoa. you want to start us off? Whoa. Yeah. Chad, who's your beef of the week? Uh, my beef of the week is drip coffee. I think it tastes like shit. You know? People are always like, I like, they're like, I like drip coffee. I like coffee from like these like, you know, nice coffee shops and stuff. And every time I try the coffee, I like that drip coffee. It's like so bitter. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I hate this way more than like Starbucks or like cheap coffee. Like I prefer 7-Eleven coffee to the fancy coffee. And everyone's like, I love the taste. I love like the, the nuttiness and stuff. And I, and I, every time I drink it, I'm like, I'm like, this is just, it just tastes like really bitter piss you know what i mean and i just kind of think that the people who say they like the taste of good coffee are full of shit i think you're right drip coffee tastes like shit it does are you a coffee guy i've never had a coffee my whole life really yeah really got curious no i'm not curious when i was a kid all I heard were the adults going, I, I gotta quit drinking. I drink four of these a day. I gotta, oh, that co-. And I thought when I was like a little kid, I went, Well, if I never try one, I'll never have that issue. So I've never had a coffee. That's fucking smart. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. So I can't even, I can't even touch this story. Wow. I can't even comment on it. Well, so who's your beef of the week? It's just something you got a problem with, a person, a thing. Oh. My beef of the week is people, when they get into underground garages, suddenly turn into Galapagos tortoises. Like, they, they, they slow down, they, mm. they, they drive like so-so. And, and, and have you seen the baby speed bumps in the underground garage? You know, you got the real ones out on the streets. But down in the garages, they put the little baby ones, you know? And people, you know, driving their, their SUV four-wheel Jeep over it slower than a you know a galapagos tortoise tortoise uh you know at a slow motion uh, film festival in uh slow motion world <laughs> you know I hear you. so i hate i hate people driving in underground garages if i'm gonna be committing to going below the earth's crust i want uh, some movement you want full throttle i want full throttle uh, strata I want strata action. You want the guy gone 60 seconds in the Hummer. Right? It's like just swirl around like you're being flushed. Like speed it up there, Lofi. Like you're being flushed. <laughs> right? Because most of these things, you, you know, you yeah, go down yeah. and down until you get to Satan and then you go back up again. Yeah. The uncertainty, too. I was behind someone who's they're backing out of their spot and they're right. very uncertain about it. Yeah. And I'm like, if you made the move, 
Stick to it. Move. Let's yeah, go. Be confident about it. Be confident. You're under the Earth's crust. You can't afford to mess around. Uh, you're not a mole. Uh, work it. Work it. I like it. My beef of the week is uh, with the movie The Northman. It's the new Robert Eggers movie. It's like a $90 million like Viking wow. epic that's based on Hamlet. And uh, dude, just did not deliver the goods in a way that I needed it. Like... Uh, you know, I'm big on action epics, like Braveheart. That's like that's like the big holy grail of those things for me. And this movie was just like, had good scenes, but the scene-to-scene, like, connective tissue and sequencing of it was, like, too random and narrow. And it was, like, really bogged down in, like, mysticism and woo-woo, which, like, I, I don't mind if my warriors believe in God or if they talk about angels helping them fight, but I don't need to go into, like, some weird realm seeing it you know what i mean i just need them to mention it so oh so they they did they filmed like the dream sequence of what they were all that stuff which took away from the human story of it exactly and then Uh and then the biggest thing i think it missed out on this is my favorite part of braveheart because i always rewatch braveheart is like my favorite part of braveheart is that after they kill his wife when william wallace comes back and just goes to work on the british soldiers just starts like beating the shit out of him and killing him all of his Scottish brethren, they get right in there. They don't hesitate. Yeah. There's not like a big talk like, hey, do we help William fight? No, they see William fighting. They go right in and they start bashing skulls with him. What do we get out of that? Just brotherhood. And they don't got to say it's brotherhood. We just get to see it. These are brothers in the fight. That's always the best part of a huge action epic. And there's none of that in the Northmen. There's no brotherhood. There's no camaraderie. And it's just way too narrow that way. Sorry, I'm really loud. Sorry if that spiked it's me all okay. ears. We needed the passion. Your passion. It made me think we need to bring Mel Gibson back. Like maybe you know, Psycho Bros make better epics. I mean, maybe it's better they don't, and that they have a you know smaller station in our culture. But uh, and maybe that's better. But the the epics did suffer, and maybe that's okay. But I don't know. I thought it missed the mark. Still cool. Still a cool movie. Still entertaining. But wait, dude. is it a movie or a series? Movie. And it's about Vikings. I think so. Northman. Alexander Skarsgård, he's good in it. Northman? He gets jacked. Well, what if it's just about a bunch of characters from Bakersfield? I mean, that's North. Or the PNW? No thanks. I'm... You can say it. Straight. They fuck butts up there. Some Strictly Oral guys, too. Whoa, bro, Safiot. Come on, we can talk about nah, it. I mean, I ain't no Northman. <laughs> but you're fluent in language. You can That's hang with true. anybody. That's true. Do you speak other languages? I try. Well, okay. Devry rhymes with the rye. <laughs> what do you speak? A little Spanish. Oh, nice. Very sexy. Con mucho gusto. No thanks. Say. Can you finish it? Say. You're straight. I try to say it in Spanish, but I don't know what straight is. Me eres. Either. Eres. Derecho? Eres? Eres derecho. Oh, you speak Spanish too? Si, un poquito. He speaks more oh, than I do. Oh, cool. Si, yo vivía en España. That's cool, man. Yeah, he can rip it. You ripped it real ripe. Did you like that? You ripened it up and then sour squashed it. Yeah, but no thanks. I'm straight. Me too. <laughs> You're the only one that hasn't said it, brush. I let my experience speak for itself. True. Claro que sí. ¿Qué quieres, Harland? 
Oh, wow. You're, I see what's happening now. See? <laughs> trapped. Trapped in the middle. See? It's like an orange Julius salad all coming together. Tu lejos de nosotros. See? You want to hear a Spanish joke? I can, I can do yeah. one joke in Spanish. Yeah. You want to hear it? Yes, please. <clears throat> I'm not very good, but I'll try. <clears throat> These three gringos walk into a bar. <laughs> Forget it. You won't understand it. <laughs> no, keep going. No, keep going. I can tell you don't get. You know, your, your Spanish is good, but not that good. No, no, keep going. I, I, I do want, I, I think I could get the end. I'm actually. out. I'm out. I'm exhausted. Is it me now? Go, Chad. Who's your baby of the week? Uh, my baby of the week is that brown widow. That, wait, wait your killed. babe of the week? It's my babe. Yeah. Okay. Babe can be anything. It can be female. It can be male. Right. It can be animal, insect. Awesome. Inanimate object, donut. Donuts. Um, yeah, it's the Brown Widow. Sorry I had to kill you, dude. Um, you know, and I felt bad about it, but you know, according to Grady, actually, Grady was like, "Turn me out." He's like, "Dude, that's Brown Widow. They infested my yard. Kill that shit." And so, you know, I is, didn't feel. Is it poisonous? Yeah. You know what I read? I read that it's technically more poisonous than the black widow but they don't deliver as much poison doesn't that offset what you just said though was it wouldn't it negate it's redundant like they would be more poisonous if they could if they, hit you with it yeah but they're just a little bit more shy they don't deliver the brown the brown yeah what has Brown done for you lately? Well, bit my daughter and killed her. How about that? You son of a... And you're just throwing things at the TV. Right? Get the fuck out of my face with this shit. Fuck. Don't you ever come in here again with that attitude. Eight-legged freak. What has Brown done? Flung through my windshield and killed my dad. <laughs> yeah. Poor dad. Now, the crazy thing about that story, too, is it was Santino's mom... Who flew through the windshield? Yeah. yeah, a crazy coincidence. Yeah, it's like a play. I remember he was telling me that, and you were like, "Bro, are you shitting me? That was my dad." You know. Yeah. Harlan, <laughs> who's your uh, babe of the week? Babe of the week. Babe of the week. I rented the movie Babe by just by fluke the one about the little pig the george miller movie yeah and uh so i guess that would have to be my babe of the week because i actually watched babe uh on wednesday night and uh so that would be my babe of the week i watched the little pig movie it's a fabulous movie it's a great movie great family movie had a family there and uh when when the movie finished i drove them back to glendale dropped them off and uh, it was great. Family viewing. If you can find a family. That's funny. Um, my baby of the week is the... Uh, you done Moon Tower Comedy Festival? No, what is it? It was a comedy festival in Austin that we went to last week. And I think oh. I had the best time of my life. Is that right? Most Austin's a good had. city. It was like summer camp. All these comedians out there were all staying at the same hotel. And you're just bird scootering from show to show. And it just put me in such a joyous mindset. And I was just noticing things more. You know, when you're happy, you notice things sure. more. I was like on the plane coming back to LA and I was getting off and I was just picking up all these details. Like I saw the guy in front of me getting his neck rubbed by his wife 
and he was so relaxed, even though we were on a plane and we're all, you know, stuck in there like sardines and he's can't wait to get off, but he's just relaxed. And then I saw a dad who was traveling with his three sons and they were running around like in the aisle in front of him and he was just kind of smiling and laughing. And it was almost like that, that moment in source code where the whole thing gets freeze framed and you just see all this, you know, human. Yeah. Life. And I was like, this is lovely. And I, and I think moon tower gave that to me. Put you in a good mood. Put I've heard of that moon. festival. Yeah. I've never done. I'll have to do that one. It's fun. Yeah. yeah it we'll, looks good. We'll, Austin. We'll, we'll hang next time. Yeah. Austin's great. It's a good city. It is. Yeah. You're just walking down the street. There's like guys playing dice on the street. People are oh, like yeah. living. Yeah, they're living in Terry Jack's uh, barbecue. Did you go there? No, we did some barbecue. What was it called again? I forget. That could have been my beef of the week, though. I'm, I'm, this is real controversial. I don't think I like brisket. Whoa. Really? Interesting. I don't think I like brisket. Why not? It's not that it's bad. It's just there's like seven other meats I would order really? above it. Mm-hmm. I love brisket. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the pop. I think that's the consensus. But every yeah. time I have it, I'm like, it's huh. good, but I've never been blown away by it. Do you like it with fat or without fat? I think with less fat. That's what it is. You gotta like get the get the fat, man. No, I I don't I don't like the fat. I know, but that's why you don't like it because the fat's where all the flavor is. So you're oh, that makes sense. You're getting it probably with not as much kick as, but that's okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're very very welcome. Very welcome. Chad, who's your legend of the week? Um, so I was watching ESPN. The other day, I never really watched. I'm not a big sports guy. Okay, I was watching ESPN the other day, and I I noticed this uh, this new guy in the NBA, uh, Jeremy Lin. Mm-hmm. Dude, he crushed it in this game against the Nets. He scored like 25 points. This guy's incredible, and uh, I'm just I'm proud to say I think I have Lin sanity right now. Wow, this guy's a fucking beast, dude. Jeremy Lin, yeah crushing it on the knicks you're a beast dude and not a big sports guy but i'm pulling for this guy i hope he pulls through and he just crushes it he's incredible to watch that's amazing yeah insanity bro i got oh, it insanity yeah beautiful dude brush uh harlan who's your legend of the week my legend of the week is uh is a guy named kane He's a Canadian guy, and he's the top racquetball player of all time. And in the last 15 years, he's dominated the sport to the point where I think he's only lost four games in 15 years. That's incredible. So if you were to take the professional sport of racquetball and stack it up with hockey and basketball, so let's say Gretzky's records are here. Michael Jordan's are here. Canes would be through the beyond this roof. So this guy's unbeatable. He takes the number two, three, four, and five players in the world and beats them up like they were kids. Really? Yeah, and he's playing today, right now, tomorrow, and Sunday here in L.A., and I'm going to go watch him on Sunday. And he's just... The problem is racquetball is kind of a low end of the spectrum sport, mm. but if you play it, it's an unbelievable sport. I play about four times a week, and uh, so Kane is definitely like this this guy. Someday I think the world will look back and recognize what a phenomenon this guy is. Like if you compare him to any other champion in a sport, he's he's done stuff that it, it, he's been untouchable. It's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. 
You're, you're a big racquetball guy. Yeah, yeah it's a great sport. I this just I when I first moved to LA, I think I saw you at the LA Fitness. Yeah, that's you where play I there. Play. I was like, yeah, when I first moved here, because I I. I, I I think I like I was at the LA. I was like I just saw Harlan Williams playing racquetball. I think. Oh yeah, that's, that, that's, that was like ten years ago. Yeah, probably probably about eight. I, I yeah. didn't start till about probably eight years ago. Okay. I played hockey my whole life. Yeah. I played here in LA. I played ice league and roller league. So hockey, I played twice a week. Hockey's so fun. Hockey's the best. But then one day a buddy of mine at the gym said, "You want to play racquetball?" I, I go to the gym where they had four racquetball courts, but I just ignored them. I never went. And I said, yeah, I'll try it. And the day I tried it, I got addicted, and I haven't played hockey since. Yeah. I play, like, racquetball four times a week now. There's something about the sound. Oh, it's just all of it. It's such a great game. But anyways. It's the best. Good workout. It's the best. Um, my legend of the week is Oliver Reed, the legendary uh, British actor. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oliver Twist. Is that right? Yeah, he was in the famous movie Oliver Twist. He was in Gladiator. Right, Proximo and Gladiator. Yeah. And this is, my brother and my buddy Robbie put this on my radar, but this is how Wikipedia describes his death. He died from a heart attack during a break from filming Gladiator in Malta on the afternoon of May 2nd, 1999. According to witnesses, he drank eight pints of German lager, a dozen shots of rum, half a bottle of whiskey, and a few shots of Hennessy cognac in a drinking match against a group of sailors on shore leave from HSM Cumberland at a local pub. His bill totaled a little over 270 Maltese lira, about 600 bucks. After beating five much younger Royal Navy sailors at arm wrestling, Reed suddenly collapsed, dying, dying while en route to a hospital in an ambulance. Yeah, he was a notorious, a notorious drunk. But uh, to, going back to earlier our conversation about intense actors who had it, he was definitely one of those guys. He played a character named Bill Sykes in the Oliver Twist movie. And he was he's a, he was one of those guys who was kind of a force when he was on screen. He was very big and, and overwhelming and, and had a real presence. And he didn't stop being a character when they said cut. He lived that all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. He, he, was a, he was a really kind of hard-living, hard-drinking. He used to go on The Tonight Show and stuff like that and say really controversial things about women and he'd be drunk and he yeah he, he he was he was a character man but a really good actor he went through life swinging he went through life swinging and, and it was actually when i saw gladiator was a real surprise to see him because you know he'd been kind of out of the he was out of the circulation for a while. For yeah a while. yeah and then all of a sudden there he was and he he looked a little beat up and battered you know life life had probably uh you know worn him down a little bit but he he did a great job in that movie and uh yeah wild life beautiful soul i don't know about that but uh he was uh maybe what what would you say what's a better term for it just a bull in a china shop yeah he was kind of like he was a candle that burned pretty damn bright i guess you know maybe burn some other people too yeah we're saying i think so too yeah I'm, i'm trying to do burn bright but you know don't singe anybody else if you can. Yeah, that's that's a good philosophy. Treat treat uh, the world kindly and leave behind kindness. Yeah. Amen. I like that. Chad, what's your quote of the week? Uh, my quote of the week comes from Kid Rock. His song, Cocky. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. There's a line in there. Get more ass than Mark McGrath. 
<laughs> That's my quote. Wait, Mark McGrath was Sugar Ray. Oh singer. yeah, yeah, that guy. Who okay. we should he should have been a I've mentioned we had a draft for top front men. Mark McGrath he should have been an honorable mention. Iconic. Yeah. What's your quote of the week, Harlan? My quote of the week is I read a, a magazine article with an interview from William Shatner, mm-hmm. Captain Kirk. And I didn't expect to learn too much. I just thought it'd be interesting to read. And he said something in it that was very prolific and, and I, it made a lot of sense. And it, he, he said, they asked him, they go, uh, you know, Bill, what, 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 what's the meaning of life or what have you learned in your long journey or something to that effect? And his reply was, he goes, the only thing I know is that none of us know anything. And it's like, when you think of the scope of eternity and the universe and the planets and all the stuff we've created and the cosmetic jungle we've created and all the toils and trials and tribulations each of us humans have, it's like, at the end of it, we really, none of us really, even though we do know things, we really don't know anything at all. And it was, it was very powerful to me. It was such a quick and simple statement and it came from a source that I, I you know i just thought maybe i'd let that float away but it it really i don't know it really hit me in the face none of us know anything yeah i i i love that kind of that because I, t- I say philosophy and there's yeah. that kind of you know you say that idea yeah and i love it because i think it helps to just sort of release any kind of you know, uh, it helps you to be more present and enjoy enjoy yeah. life and enjoy, you know, sort of like we embrace like silliness and goofiness. You know, it, it's because it it sort of takes the weight off your shoulders of like, oh, you know, I'm just here. I'm living. I'm existing. That's right. Yeah, that's and a good way. Yeah, and it's like that. You know, there's it's just temporary, and and you know, why not have fun? Yeah, I guess that that's a lot of what I glean from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, my quote of the week is also from the Kid Rock song, Cocky. It's the line before that where he says, got more money than Matchbox 20. Dude. <laughs> wow, he's doing better than Matchbox 20 and Mark McGrath? Yeah. And I mean, on the two big fronts, money and ass. Whoa, dude. And he's letting them know about it. Dude. I bet you they were pissed when they heard that song. <laughs> it, they were like, Matchbox 20 was like, send in your tax returns, dude. Let's go toe to toe here. Dude, how would you feel if a singer came out with a song and said, and then he hit a lyric, get more ass than JT Parr? Uh, depends on who the singer was. It's Michael Sheeran. Bolton, I'll give it to him. Uh-huh. Yeah, Sheeran. <laughs> Sheeran's earned it. If it's, uh, I don't know, Enrique Iglesias. Yeah, maybe I'll go toe to toe with you, buddy. Let's really see who's, who's laying it down. You fucking pussy. He's, Sorry, I got beef with that guy. Down. He's laying it down. Um, <laughs> I've seen him in person. He's Enrique? Yeah. yeah, he's a beautiful man, right? He's laying it down. I used to have his calendar. He's hot. You've seen him in person? Yeah, I did security oh. for his concert once. Oh, oh nice. It was insane. That's awesome. <laughs> well, he can run, he can hide, but he can't escape the dick down I'm putting on him. <laughs> yeah. Nice. See who the hero is after that. So I'm just preferring the songs. Chat, what's your phrase of the week for getting after it? Uh... Uh, if, if you don't mind wait did you have a quote you did have a quote yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. if you don't mind I think let's lay the dick down on Enrique that'll get people fired up yeah Harlan a phrase of the week for getting after it is like just a, a quick 
a uh, couple words that will fire people up to go hit the town and party? Uh, ch- ch- chicken licking, chicken licking, chicken at its best. North, east, south, or west. <laughs> Brilliant. Mine, uh, sorry, it's a quick anecdote, but uh, there was a football team in Orange County. I didn't play on it, but uh, they had a backup quarterback named Muma. And you know, you're not allowed to hit the quarterback during practice because he's, you know, he's, he's a prized possession. Yeah. You got to keep him healthy for the season. But the coaches knew they could put the backup in. And when the defense was tired to get them excited, they'd say that he was live, which meant you could hit him. And the defense would go crazy with excitement oh, that they got to light this kid up. His name was Muma. And the coaches would go, Muma's live. And all the defenders would go, rah, 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 rah. and then Muma would just be standing back there, knowing that everyone was putting their ears back, coming for him. And it never failed to excite the defense and to get everybody more energized for the end of practice. And look, it was a mean thing to do. It was cruel that these adults were putting these kids in a position to, to be violent towards one person. But it worked. And it was so successful that I heard to this day, that was 20 years ago, the coaches still say Muma's live, even though he Whoa. hasn't been the quarterback there in I 20 like years. He so, coined a phrase. He's, he's, I like that. He was a valuable. He's a great guy too. He's actually really like politically astute now. And I read his uh, breakdowns on Facebook, and I'm like, bro, you fucking drilled it. Like, he really uh, leveled up and is a whiz when it comes to uh, breaking down what's going on in the world. But yeah, if you're going out with your friends, just say, hey, tonight Muma's live. I like Get after it. it. I like it. Muma's live. Well, that's it, Harlan. Dude, thanks for coming in. Brocious. Thank you. You're a legend, man. That was so yeah. fun. Thank you. Buddy, can I do a, a power power crackle? Yeah. What's that called? Power crackle? Power, that's a power crackle. Can I get one more teriyaki power you slam? You want a teriyaki? Boom, bro. <laughs> and sometimes if you put uh, mayonnaise on your forearm, it just gives it a little extra. A little slide. Yeah, a little slide. Hellman's. Hellman. A little Hellman's brush. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Oh, what? No, uh, you got a podcast, Harlan's Highway. Oh, should we mention? Yeah. Whoa, the bro just scabbed into my Donette. Wow, bro. I let, see, I thought I'd have you right to the end, and then you just, he, he got me. Dude, yeah. He pretended it was over, got into my Donette, and then you brought it back, and we're still live. We're still live. Yeah, so. Okay, so I have uh, my own podcast that I just started up called The Harlan Highway mm-hmm. on uh, YouTube. And also, if I can plug one more thing, if that's Absolutely. cool, because uh, I'm kind of proud of this. Uh, you know, we live in a world of brand names and uh, trademarks and uh, all that stuff. So I, draw, I don't know if you noticed, but I draw my own T-shirts. So I drew this right on here with Sharpie. And, uh, you drew that with Sharpie? Yeah, this was drawn right onto the, onto the shirt, and I drew this yesterday. And I sell my own uh, hand-drawn shirts at a website called harbling.com. And uh, it's just if you want to wear your own piece of original art, you can uh, go to harbling.com and order uh, oh, that's one awesome. of my shirts. And if we're out of the original, you can get a print. But uh, these are hand-drawn right on there, so... Dude, no hyperbole. That might be the coolest merch I've seen. That's so cool. Well, thank you. Specific and unique like that. Well, that's what I wanted. I wanted to offer, like I said, in a world of brand names and logos, I wanted people to be able to get something that it's a real piece. It's a real, real piece of art, and it's a real drawing, and it's right on the shirt. It's not so. Yeah. So if you like it and you want to get 
some. I got a whole bunch on my website, so that's all I'm gonna plug. That's fucking awesome. Thank Hell you. Yeah. That's cool. And you're you're on tour too. You got oh yeah. Up? Check my uh, my website harlanwilliams.com and you can see my uh, stand up comedy tour uh, list or whatever it's called. Yeah. You're one of the most fun guys to watch, I, I gotta say. Oh, thanks, stage, man. Yeah, yeah you really You were on our show one time. I don't know if you remember. Maybe it was like three years ago. Yeah. It was so much fun. Uh, oh, yeah, a stand-up you, show. Yeah. Was it at the Laugh Factory? No, it, Improv Lab. Oh, the old in the lab. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we got a main room show now. We leveled up yeah. a little bit. Well, oh, good. I'll we we'll be it. honored. Yeah. Well, let's donut it up, bros. Yeah. You bring the donuts to the bring, show. We'll bring the donuts, and we'll won't bring the small ones. We're gonna bring the jumbos. I might bros, munch yours on. during your set. I think it sounds like I just got strawberry glazed, brosh. Big time. You can glaze me anytime. That's what she said. Advice. These guys are really 